Party on Wayne. Party on Garth. Is not the movie that we watched today. <laughs> nope. Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, so, yeah. This movie is a movie about... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Good start. Yeah, no. All right. <laughs> this movie stars Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. True. Uh, they play a lovable couple of dudes yes who, as, as they would put it yeah who travel through history and collect kind of creepily uh <laughs> historical figures collect to, abduct yeah. yeah at the end of the day everyone's cool with it that's the that's the good part yeah historical <laughs> figures to try and pass their ever important history final uh yep that's it this might be the fastest we've ever gone straight like into a summary well and also the fastest it's been over because that's the whole movie right yeah that's the whole thing this is not a complicated movie it works <laughs> they, they they pass it is not a, i think it is not a complicated movie however it is a damn enjoyable movie. it's good i like it so i hadn't seen this movie all the way through start to fit like i think i've seen this movie cumulatively like in its entirety but i i've never i don't think seen it start never, to finish never sat down yeah never sat it. down and watched it i've always seen it on so this is the first time that i ever properly imbibed the film and you know i like wayne's world this movie <laughs> <laughs> is not wayne's world no 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 but but I mean, there, there are shades. So, I'm going to jump right into my biggest criticism okay. yeah. of this movie. Go ahead. Uh, it is a bit derivative at times. Yeah. yeah. Which, and I and I don't think it's ill-intentioned, and I don't think it's even 100% purposeful, but this movie takes heavily from Wayne's World, which came out, I believe, four years earlier, um, or three, something like that. It came out in, like, 85, 86, and okay. this movie came out in 89. Um, it also borrows from Doctor Who, Back to the Future. Uh, the Doctor Who thing is very purposeful. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Future, uh, among other things, and it's it's very derivative. I wouldn't even call it a criticism because it, it it works. But there's not too much bad to say about this movie. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a fun romp through history with some dudes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I probably hadn't seen this movie in about 10 years or so, maybe more than that, maybe 12. Um, and I was honestly expecting it to have, uh, not to have aged poorly, because I mean, like, that, that always sounds like you're talking about, like, special effects and stuff, which... When I watched it in high school, were already outdated. <laughs> um, more just, uh, I, I I thought that my opinion of it would be a lot lower now. No. Uh, and no, it it hasn't really changed. This is one of the few things that is like exactly how you remember it being. Um, no worse, no better. Yeah, just just, just the same. Completely unchanged by time. Keanu Reeves 
shows more emotion in this movie than the rest of his film career combined. Yeah. Oh, uh, quick question though. So uh, between this and Scanner Darkly, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which would which would you uh, which would you uh, prefer? <laughs> Real? Is that is that a real question? No. Would you, oh, would you I, actually like the answer to no, that? No, I wanted to make you snicker. <laughs> because I don't know. Like, ask. It really depends on my mood. I, I think mean, they're totally comparable. I don't understand. Kind of, kind of depends on like the weather and like how my week is going. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I I enjoyed both. Right. But, uh, yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Right. Um, I, I will have to say that, uh, the intro, very, so if, if you haven't seen this movie, the intro very, like, handily sets you up for everything that you are about to see. Sure. In that it is, like the most like I mean this movie came out in 89 so I guess I can't actually say it's the most 90s thing (laughs) that I've seen on film in quite some time but it kind of is I mean it's just it's it's cheesy effects a long intro with loud rock music playing It's, it's very stylized in the best way possible, and uh, and then the next thing you see is uh, is George Carlin's lovely face. Yeah, <laughs> we miss you, George. Yes, so so much. Um, though his character in this movie is is kind of interesting. He's sent uh, from the future to uh, to ensure. That Bill and Ted passed their uh, passed their history report, and um, he is sent to do this because in the future, Bill and Ted uh, have uh, made good on their promises to start a band named Wild Stallions, uh, spelled horrendously wrong, <laughs> and uh, they have uh, they their music has. Uh, changed people's life, become a uh, a not only a world religion but a universal religion <laughs> or something <laughs> or something. Uh, it uh, it it is it has uh, promoted peace and understanding amongst all peoples and uh, and and household pets, as it is put forth. So pretty important shit. Rufus is sent to. I mean, it's set up like Rufus, um, um, George Carlin's character, is sent to uh, help them along the way in this in a in a time traveling phone booth. You know, aha. Uh-huh. Um, he really just kind of gives them the phone booth and says, "All right, and then see you later." Fucks off. Yeah, <laughs> which. Pretty cavalier attitude towards your uh, towards your your, your gods. Yeah, like, I could have. They I, almost die several times. <laughs> I could have done. I could have done with more of George Carlin. Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. not a lot more, but definitely some more. Yeah, because he could have definitely like overstayed and and very quickly uh, stolen the show. Yeah, but like like an, an, an another odd two to three scenes would have. 
would have improved the film, I think. Yeah. However, I don't know. Because, like, this movie already is paced fucking crazy. It is. Like, <laughs> this movie literally <laughs> sprints through, like, 15 <laughs> historical periods in the course of, like, the last, like, like 45 minutes. Yeah, the, um... So, yeah, about the pacing, something about this movie is it's pretty... I mean, I would say it's pretty boring for, like, the first 30 minutes of its runtime. It's, because uh, <laughs> they're, they're literally, they're just going to random historical locations, picking up historical figures. Uh, the historical, the historical figure final count, by the way, uh, Napoleon... Socrates, Genghis Khan, Billy the Kid, Joan of Arc, um, Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln, Freud, uh, Beethoven. Is that it? Napoleon. I already said Napoleon. I said Napoleon first. No. I thought. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. So that that's that's the list, and uh, they're just going to all these places and and snatching these people. Very rarely, really running into any. Uh, any sort of resistance there there's actually the la- most of those figures are picked up over the course of a pretty, montage pretty awesome montage it's a montage um <laughs> like like six of the nine or whatever are picked up like yeah. in the course of like five minutes yeah <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, so like the first thirty minutes of this movie are kind of boring. Yeah, like, for sure. Nothing really happens, and you kind of are wondering if you wasted your time. But as soon as everyone gets into one location, as soon as everyone gets back to present day, the movie actually becomes really fun. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a whole secret sequence where they're uh, they they lose track of Napoleon. And they have to find him, so they kind of bring all the other historical mig- uh, figures to the San Dimas, uh, California Mall. Yeah, and then they find Napoleon at a water park called the Waterloo. Yeah, or, or it was either like the Waterloo or Waterloo's or something. No, it's it's the Waterloo. It's the Waterloo. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so so yeah, they they find Napoleon there um, when they get back. Genghis Khan has uh, has been wreaking havoc on the sporting goods store. Uh, it's good, clean fun. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing surprising. Beethoven uh, is playing piano like crazy in the music store. Right. Uh, Freud, Freud, Socrates, and Billy the Kid try and pick up chicks. Yeah. Freud does this while uh, holding a corn dog. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. It's, it's good. I mean, it, it is well executed. Uh, yeah, I I have I have zero complaints about like the the second and third acts of this movie, but yeah. the first the first crawls along. <laughs> it does, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not perfect. It's not a perfect movie. Not at all. But it is it is it is damn good, and uh, I think it sets up really well for the sequel, which. Do you wanna? I don't care. Are, are we gonna? That's I, fine. I think yeah. So we're doing Bill and Ted, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, the much-awaited, much-anticipated sequel to this movie next week. 
And uh, I'm I'm going to be interested to see how. Because uh, again, I haven't seen it in like twelve years. Yeah, I, I think the last time I watched this movie, I watched it back to back with the sequel. So uh, I, I'm going to be really interested to see how that one stacks up as well. Yeah. Because uh, ha- have you seen Bogus Journey? Oh, even less than this. <laughs> not not zero. <laughs> not zero percent, but even less than this movie. So I remember some things about Bogus Journey. I actually remember more about Bogus Journey than I remembered about Excellent Adventure, weirdly enough. Okay. Um... But I I will I will just say this for now. I believe Bogus Journey uh, has some elements that make it more memorable. Yeah, yeah. I, right. uh, I but but we'll see. We'll we'll see how good our memories are. Yeah, or my memory is either way. Let's play the game where I look up the budget and box office, and you tell me what you think they are. Okay. I looked them up, so you tell me what you think they okay. are. <laughs> <laughs> and how. Um, yeah. Alright, so I'm going to say budget on this movie. Budget on this movie was... $10 million. Okay. I'm going to say it did $20 million. In business. Uh-huh. Did you cheat? Huh? Did you cheat? I absolutely did not. So the budget was exactly $10 million. Hells yeah! The The box office did 40 and a half though. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah? Wow. <laughs> I mean, not a lot, you know, compared to many things, but that's a lot more than I thought. Like, I... Obviously. I was, I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty sure that I was gonna be way over with twenty million. So nope. Okay. You got to remember, that's that's normal. That's about right for a a, mar- a mildly successful Hollywood movie. The movies that we've been doing, yeah, don't fit the regular formula for yeah. for box office totals. Not, not. especially not Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the other the other segment uh, we have. Oh yeah, product placement is is some places. Uh huh. One place is one place. It's Circle K. That place is a Circle K. Th- there was others. They were in a mall. <laughs> None of the brands that I saw were relevant. Yeah, I'm sure there were. I didn't look very closely. Were. Yeah, because I I didn't I, I was kind of looking like I was I was looking for like booths. Yeah, and stuff. they didn't have anything that I recognized. Yeah, I was like, like waiting to see like an orange Julius or something. There was shit, no like, close ups on anything. Any of the stores were in the background. Very and, vague signs. And it, yeah, I don't. If they were real businesses, like they didn't call attention to them, and there was nothing that I recognized as a as a member of 2016 currently. Fair enough. Um, however. The Circle K is a prominent location in this movie. It's it's highly relevant. Um, they are they're studying outside of the Circle K, studying, i.e., asking random strangers to tell them facts about history. Yes. Um, <laughs> um which is my kind of study. Sure. Really. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so they're standing outside when uh, when Rufus uh, George Carlin's character comes down in the phone box, and they also meet their future selves. Um, 
The, uh, however, one of the greatest lines of the movie is uttered at this point, and that is uh, Keanu Reeves in his most dazed-out stoner voice saying, Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. That's really the only quote that I have from this movie. It's a good one. It's, <laughs> it, a, it, it, it's a good one to have. It's a good one. Uh, I, I liked... Uh, I liked the... I got a... Probably the biggest laugh that I got in the whole movie was when uh, they're in medieval England and uh, the, I guess, king who catches them scheming on his daughters. Uh, <laughs> the king who, if they are to be believed, is supposed to be Henry VIII? I don't know. They they said that that was the they said that that was Henry the time VIII didn't, they were at. Henry VIII didn't live to be that old. No, I don't. I, I don't believe so. Uh, anyway, I I don't know. It might it they might have fucked up. They were also having trouble with the antenna on the phone box at this point. Yeah, I don't so, know if that was. So maybe that they never name dropped that specifically. All right. when they went there. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they said that what? Where was I going? You fucked up my train. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So funny uh, scene. Yeah, yeah. So they uh, he is going to punish them because Bill and Ted are scheming on his daughters so he he tells the guards to put them in the Iron Maiden which <laughs> Bill and Ted are extremely enthused by uh, yes and then he says execute them and uh, it, it, it sets in and what is actually happening yes and I uh, I, I got a I got, like like yes that is that joke was low hanging that joke was there for the taking <laughs> but I still it, it caught me off guard, and I I got a kick out of it. A lot of a lot of the humor in this really, it's like pa- it's like paint by numbers historical humor. Yeah, it's 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 paint by num- it's it's paint by numbers humor. Period. A lot of what actually makes it funny and enjoyable is, uh, the I don't know, just the way it's played and the reactions that. Uh, that Bill and Ted have, and that the people or the people surrounding them have to them. I'll tell you one thing: Keanu Reeves has never committed harder <laughs> to a character <laughs> than he did in this movie. No, the first note that I made was about his full body acting, especially in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, because the beginning of the movie is pretty, like you said, pretty boring. Like the first thirty minutes or so. Yeah. And the only thing that keeps that interesting for me is Keanu Reeves' facial expressions, yeah. gestures, and his full like he he literally talks with his dick and his arms <laughs> and like it's it's crazy. Yeah, and he, I love it. Yeah, he's he's and I I don't know like. As weird as it is, this role, like, because, <laughs> yeah, it seems <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because Keanu Reeves seems to have two modes, and those modes are Keanu Reeves and Ted, and Ted, <laughs> and, and that's and it. Ted mode hasn't been switched on in a long time. Right, right. Though, though, what? <laughs> Uh, have have you heard about the bird? No, about this being a trilogy soon. What? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. N- I refuse, sir. Yeah, no. Uh, Keanu Reeves and uh, and and some. Uh, 
I've not done due diligence on this. I I, I need to uh, I need to look up uh, a lot more. But yes, I've heard that a Bill and Ted three has been uh, has been talked about, if not greenlit. <laughs> we are googling furiously. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, so yeah, the, it 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 might be a trilogy soon. He might be turning Ted mode back on. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he has two modes. He has Keanu Reeves, uh, i.e. Uh, most badass, least emotional person in a room. And, uh, and he has slash unlikely hero. And he has uh, Ted, which is like oddly charming and fun to watch. And I really wish that he would do... I don't necessarily wish that he would have more Ted roles, but I, I wish <laughs> I wish that Keanu Reeves could, like, have emotions like that more often. <laughs> what what are What is your Google search turning up? <laughs> uh, has not gotten a green light, but a script has been written. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves, and William Sadler, who I think is... Ted's dad. Okay. Question mark. Okay. Uh, are all interested? I. I would. I would like to see that. Yeah. As a project. So. <laughs> movies that we have to do when they come out in theater. Right. Definitely. <laughs> Resident Evil. Six. Seven. Six. Six. six yeah. Six. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, there have been six. <laughs> Dude, that's soon. Yeah. That's January that that's coming. Really? Yeah. I thought it was... I thought it was a, no, they wouldn't release it during the summer. They'll never make their money back. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. January makes sense. <laughs> um, Man, do you think people can tell that we only wrote like nine cumulative notes about this movie? <laughs> what is there to say? Yeah, it's 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 hard to, to other than just outlining everything that uh, that happens in the movie. We uh, <laughs> there's not much to say. It's it's fun. We like it. We're gonna do the sequel. Yeah, we'll do next it next week. Yeah. And uh, and and I have a feeling we're gonna have a lot more to say about that. Maybe there is one thing about this movie that also ties in with ideas of uh, of future things for us to do. So at the end of it, I noticed that it was made by uh, De Laurentiis. Well, it was made by MGM as a studio, but uh, most of the shooting was handled at. Uh, De Laurentiis Productions, I guess, which was out of Wilmington, North Carolina. Yeah. A uh, bit of local movie history. Uh, and Tell me more. I had suggested back in October, I think, maybe, that we could possibly do a... Uh, a a De Laurentiis month okay. when uh, we talked about some of uh, De Laurentiis's more infamous i.e. ridiculous monster movies. Oh, okay, sure. Um, Is that the one that you showed me the director interview from? 
No, that that was that was not uh, that was not that was not. What was that the, movie? That was uh, the thing. The something. Oh man, it was uh, on the spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I could have told me. I think it was Thirst of the Blood Freak. Yeah, I know it was something of the Blood Freak. Call of the Blood. <laughs> something freak. like that. It was about a mutant chicken man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, or Turkey Man. Mutant Turkey yeah, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, but it's, no. That, oh, it's just called Blood Freak. Oh, it was just called... Oh, yeah. Yep, that is that is definitely the <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know should look up the poster for Blood Freak. And it's... also the interview with the director. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, it's the second thing. <laughs> good, but um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, interesting that this was this was probably the more mainstream side of uh, what Dino De Laurentiis was doing with his studio at the time. Uh, but I, I would like to get to them at some point in the future, just because uh, I I have a. Uh, I, I know of some people who were involved with uh, Dale Rinta Studios because it's... Like, personally? Yeah. I mean, I, I've like got... Like, you, you know them? Yeah, I've got some family in Wilmington that uh, that worked with them. What? Can we, yeah. bring, can we bring them over to the podcast? I don't know about that. They're pretty old. <laughs> they, they might they might not be down to, to drive a while to can talk we go, on the podcast. Can we go there? Possibly. I I have to uh, I, I have to do I have to do some fact checking um, before all this happens. Please, but uh, <laughs> dude, I'd love to get straight to the source for an episode. Yeah, yeah, be, yeah. I'd be into it. I'd be super into it. I was listening to normally I try not to talk about other podcasts, but it's very relevant. Right. I was listening to How Did This Get Made with Paul Shear, excellent podcast. Um, and they and I meant to tell you about this episode. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Review reviewed the newest um, Punisher Punisher Warzone. Okay, and uh, they actually had the director on, like on the podcast. That's really awesome. And they they <laughs> loved the movie, and it sounds awesome. It sounds like it from the director is a French woman. First right. of all, yes, I knew that. And uh, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I never wanted to do a comic book movie. I knew nothing about the Punisher." But I, I, I got the job, and I literally did all the research I could but, uh, for The Punisher by going online and asking, uh, like, the like Punisher fan forums <laughs> what they liked and didn't like about the first two Punisher movies, the one from the 80s and the one from, like, 99 or 2000 or whatever. Right. And, uh, and yeah, that movie has been lauded by comic book fans as I, like an excellent portrayal of the character yeah no and, like it, it is it's all it it's is good r-rated it is violent it like takes it takes like an action movie climax and just plays it out over the whole movie basically yeah so it, i would i would i would almost be down to do that for the podcast yeah i, I kind of stopped i, li- I actually to. stopped listening to that episode halfway because i was like Maybe we should do this for the podcast. Cause yeah, I would love to throw that on the list. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in forever, but I really liked it. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't seen it at all, but well, I uh, I found that I found that uh, that podcast with her very uh, entertaining, and I I uh, 
it would be cool, obviously on a lesser scale than that, but it would be cool to have someone, right. someone on who took part in the making of a movie in some small part. And she, she's there for the whole episode, but she doesn't talk through the whole episode. She's kind of quiet. So they're like, we'll talk and then talk and then they'll ask her question and then she tells her story and then they keep, kind of keep it moving and she only chips in every once in a while. And I think it's like, it's like perfect. The dynamic is perfect. And I, I highly recommend that episode. Go check out the podcast and then maybe we'll, we'll do it as well. Very cool. Uh, um, anyway, so what were we talking about? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> De Laurentiis monster movies. I thought you were gonna say, oh yeah, Bill, Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Tangentially, yeah. in, in some ways, yeah, we yeah. were talking about Bill and Ted. By the way, I just looked. Uh, Resident Evil, whatever comes Six. out, yeah, it comes out on uh, January twenty seventh. So we will uh, we'll hit that up here in a month, very soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man. What can Man. you say about Bill and Ted that we haven't uh, already said? I can say that the montage bit where they're grabbing, uh, where they're grabbing historical figures, there are two very effective gags. I feel in that. Okay, I know what one of them is. Right. It's the one where they lure Genghis Khan into the phone booth with a Twinkie <laughs> from with a perspective shot, which is the only time they did that in the whole movie. Right. And I and I, I I appreciated the cinematography there. Yeah. It it is it is you all you see is the uh, the light on Genghis Khan's face from the uh, from the phone booth yeah. from the phone booth making its entry. There's always a very bright light. You see the light on his face, him looking confused, and then Ted's hand coming from off screen. Holding a Twinkie. Holding a Twinkie. Like says, luring him. And he says, want a Twinkie? And Genghis Khan just starts getting it, like just gets up and like follows the Twinkie. And that's the end of that. And then you see the scene. light flash again on his like girlfriends there right yeah that's it that's it um, it's really good <laughs> just just very well executed the other one i feel is when they pick up joan of arc <laughs> because it's right when the fucking heavy metal or like hair metal music starts playing in yes. the background yes and joan of arc is kneeling to pray <laughs> in the church <laughs> and they appear on the altar oh, it's and so she good. she she has a look on her face like she is accepting this as like a religious like spiritual vision she just goes with it and and you just see like ted like open the door of the uh open the door of the phone booth and reach his hand out and bring her into the <laughs> it's it's very well done yeah <laughs> so a piece of trivia that i read betwixt the podcast and the movie okay was that the part of and i should have brought this up earlier when we were talking about rufus but the part of rufus was written for sean connery Oh, that would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> and you can totally you can totally see it. Oh yeah. You can totally see it. Yeah. Man, they were <laughs> I wonder what they were thinking, like trying to <laughs> Like I know what they were thinking comedy wise, but I wonder if they were if they ever were like, Yeah, we can probably get Sean Connery to do this. Yeah. He did Zardoz. He'll do weird shitty movies. <laughs> 
Um, and it's obviously a totally believable thing that I read is that they did not expect this movie to go anywhere. Right. They thought it was going to be a, a thing that they did for fun. <laughs> right. And, like, you know, that's it. Because <laughs> Keanu Reeves, was for the most part, and Alex Winter, on the whole, were both pretty unknown yeah, at this point. Yeah, I was about to say, point. was this the first role for Keanu? Like, the first movie role for Keanu Reeves? Basically. Okay. He had a minor part in some Canadian movie. I was looking this up, too. <laughs> Canadian film doesn't count yeah. as film. <laughs> but for all intents and purposes, this was his feature film debut. Oh. Alex Winter, obviously, it was. And also is pretty much the only thing he's done. Yeah. But he has gone on to become a fairly successful director and making, like, um, indie movies. Really? Yeah. Any anything that that, that jumps out? The, his actually his first two, like on IMDb, you know how it shows the most the most well known things that they've done. Right. His first two things are two things that he's directed, and then Bill and Ted is, huh. is after that. Let me see. Hang on one second. Uh, I'm not prepared. <laughs> Accessing the all knowing device. Yeah. Uh, he directed Deep Web, and okay. downloaded. Uh, Downloaded was really recent, wasn't it? They were both recent. They were both in the last three years. Henry Rollins is in it. It's a documentary. Deep Web is also a documentary. Okay. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, and then the- Bill and Ted is his his third most popular credit or whatever. So. Oh, I know where I know Downloaded from. It's actually currently on my Netflix queue. Uh, <laughs> I need to watch it. Well, it's <laughs> it's directed by Bill. Sweet. And it has... That's a, just icing a, on the cake. It apparently has Mike D and Henry Rollins in it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> well then. I think we've... Yeah, we, I think we've squeezed, we squeezed all, all the juice the out of this out of lemon. This. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so, we will uh, we will see you next week. Uh, for Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yes. Yep. Uh, in the new year. Yep. Happy times, everybody. Happy 2017. Wait. Be excellent to each other. Yes. And party on. Party on, yep. Toodles.